This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode 370. Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast. I am your substitute host, Jacob Paulson. And today, Riley is traveling, and uh, I'm going to actually play back an interview we did with Instructor Zero uh, not too uh, long ago in the at the USCCA Concealed Carry Expo in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, earlier in 2019. Uh, some of you may have seen this; it is up on our video channels, our YouTube channel, etc. Uh, but I thought, you know, this is a really good one for the podcast. We've never heard from Instructor Zero on the podcast so far, and he's a really smart, bright dude. So I'm really excited about the interview. But first. Today's sponsors. First, the Shooter Ready Challenge. If you're not familiar with the Shooter Ready Challenge, you are missing out. Shooter Ready Challenge is really cool. It's something we actually launched in October 2019, and we're a couple months into it now. I encourage you to check us out. You can go to shooterreadychallenge.com. And what this is effectively is a dry fire practice training session uh, that is virtual. So, you know, this is conducted by Riley, uh, the host of the podcast, and essentially what we want you to do is tune into this video uh, that's been pre-recorded and follow along uh, in the comfort of your own home and, and participate in this dry fire training session. And we do this once a month. The idea is to uh, help you have a little bit of direction in terms of what skills you're going to focus on each month and also what you're actually going to do. What are the drills you're going to run in dry fire? How are you going to run them to improve your shooting skills and really launch it forward? So the first month, the first uh, one that we did was all about draw, draw stroke. And that was really solid. We got a lot of positive feedback. And uh, the one we did this month in November is really all about reloads and how to do a really good, solid combat reload. And so it's, it's really good. You don't need to have any particular special type of product or tool to do this. If you just unload and clear your real gun, you can follow along and you can participate in, in this. Now, certainly that said, uh, if you have a barrel block, that's going to be a little bit safer. If you have a laser training insert or a laser training pistol, uh, and if you use LASR software, that's going to really make it easier for you to get a lot more out of your training session. But ultimately, I would encourage everyone, regardless of your circumstance, to go to ShooterReadyChallenge.com and watch that content and participate in our monthly virtual training session. This is going to help you improve your shooting skills. And if you do happen to have LASR software, then you can also be entered into a monthly giveaway of 200 rounds of ammunition. So make sure you plug into the Shooter Ready Challenge. Second, I wanted to really uh, encourage you uh, to check out the holster category on concealedcarry.com. You know, people are very familiar with, with our website. We tell you all the time we sell lots of products. But did you realize we have over 20 brands of holsters that are represented on concealedcarry.com? Everything from, you know, I'll name a few, 1791 Gun Leather, Alexa Athletica, Brave Response, um, Crossbreed, JM4 Tactical, Keeper's Concealment, Lethal Lace, Mission First Tactical, Pack and Knee, Stealth Gear, Sticky Holsters, and more. Make sure you go to concealedcarry.com right now, and when you hover over Shop, you can choose from various holster categories like just IWB holsters, OWB, or other holster styles. Make sure you go to concealedcarry.com, and next time you're looking for a new holster, and shop our wide variety of different products from different brands. 
Okay, so let's get into the interview. Uh, this is a really fun conversation with Instructor Zero. Uh, Matthew and I conduct the interview, and I think you'll find that the primary discussion topic here is about mindset. Uh, Matthew actually asked a question very early on in this interview that really set the stage for the rest of the conversation. And you know, the question really was, how do you prepare someone for everything that takes place before the gunfight? Right? How do you help someone uh, really have the proper mindset to mitigate the risk of things like an ambush? Uh, so a little bit of, about situational awareness. And he really goes into great depth. I think it's really solid. He talks a lot about uh, training environments versus uh, performance environments. And if you pay close attention, he's got a little bit of an accent. So I, 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 but I don't think he'll have any, any difficulty understanding anything he says. But pay really close attention. I think there's a lot of value. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play back this interview now with Instructor Zero. We got a real treat for you today. I'm here with my friend Matthew Marister, yes, and of sir. course, you probably recognize the man, Instructor Zero. Hey, hi everyone. It's going to be up? it's going to be great. He just came off of another presentation at another stage, and we grabbed him. We said, "Come over here." So it's going to be great. We're going to talk about some things like mindset, the most important things in the gunfight, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Game on, Matthew. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. Okay, so here's the funny thing. I was thinking about this, and a lot of people know who you are. You have a big brand. I guess before I ask any hard questions, give us the 30-second you know, bio, your background, for anyone who doesn't know you. So basically, I'm a, I'm a professional student. <laughs> I have been in this industry for like 23 years now. I work in all around the world in different kind of environments, jungle, deserts, uh, mountains. I mean, I work in South America, Southeast Asia, Africa. I, I was born in Italy, but I grew up in Africa. So I, uh, my experience started with a simple service in a hardbone brigade. And then from that point, I had a bad injury on my, uh, my knee. And so my plan A was done at that yeah. point. So I, I started to say, okay, what, how I can do it, what I want, what I love. Uh, because at that time, uh, we were talking about the ends of NTs, uh, the surgery, the kind of surgery, uh, surgery that, uh, I should have on the knee was really bad to, to go over. And so I said, okay, if I can't do it in this way, I need to find a plan B. So I started, went back in Africa and started in the private. And I continued to study and I never stopped to study in my life. And I continue to study every day, even now. So basically I started, I passed it on a private security and consulting group. I started to work with an international group, uh, a financial international group. And uh, we did a lot of tasks all around the world. We involving in the gold diamonds or casual different kind of uh, stuff and then I teach it for like 12 years in the university as, uh, and uh, I'm a graduate in investigation and security and the science of formation and uh, my best luck I think is uh, the chance I had uh, to work in so different kind of environments with people that are professionals in that environment. That's, uh, and for sure, if I uh, teach it for one, I learn it for 1,000 from in my life. So th this is the reason why I said that even if our 23, 24 years that I am in this industry, I feel that I'm maybe at the, the base of the mountain. I, I didn't start to climb the mountain, not yet. Yeah. It's interesting because to hear you say that, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who we run into, students or listeners to this show, who kind of have the attitude of, I'm already there, 
I've already learned. I, I took that one class that one time. I took two classes. I'm a professional now. <laughs> I got this. And and it, you know we know, we know that's silly. You know, you kind of scoffed, and I feel that way too when I hear that. I'm like, come on. No, uh, it's not my case. I don't think in my life I never arrived. I mean, uh, for two reasons. Why one because I try to push myself always forward, you know. So and second because I'm pretty sure that. Uh, I'm going to find someone that is always better than me, and uh, we need to remember this. You know, it's an important concept, especially when we talk about defense. We never, uh, we we never need to undervalue anyone, because the moment that we undervalue, uh, we are going to undervalue someone. We are going to make a first big mistake, a huge mistake. We need to be humble, humble with life, humble. We need to smile. Uh, this is another big mistake I find on people when they have a face like a war face. You don't need to walk on the street like a, with a war face. You just need to smile. Better to stay in low profile than in high profile. Better to, to be undervalued than to undervalue someone else. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's, it's um, I'm pretty sure that there are tons of people that with better skills than mine, better, uh, more experience than me. I'm a little stone in the universe. I know this, but for me, this is not a problem. It's, it's a reason to increase and improve every day my, uh, my knowledge, my skills, to train hard. Sometimes hard to train. People think that <laughs> this is one myth. Uh, t- people, they think that I, I live inside a shooting range <laughs> that have a bed near my bay and between target four and target five. <laughs> but, but that is a, it's just a dream. Uh, sometimes uh, I train one or a couple of times in four or five months because I need to, to choose if I need to, between work and training. My, Dream life is to wake up in the morning, go to the gym, go to the shooting range, train a little bit. But this, <laughs> there is a real life. This, <laughs> this is the theory. The practice right. is work, 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 and work. Right. And we are working in 27 countries, so it's hard. Yeah. yeah you do a lot yeah, of travel. So yeah, a lot. But I, I have a question for you. Um, yeah. You mentioned kind of um, a mindset that people think that they've already known and, and, and the, the, the kind of... Uh, setting you up for failure if you underestimate the, the, the opponent or if you undervalue their skills because there's a lot of highly trained people that lose gunfights because they're ambushed or they're not aware of their surroundings, right? And so you, you, you talk about you, you train, you train people, and we can train fundamentals, right? We can train how to tr- pull a trigger, but how do you get through someone's mind to train them to focus on the important things that are going to keep them alive before the gunfight starts, right? Like the gunfight that they don't have to get involved in. How do you get through that part of the training? How many days we have to talk about this? Oh, I uh, think we got four or five days. <laughs> okay. Let me, let okay. me get now, comfy. That's a, it's a really interesting question. This is, is the main point of the product. So let's talk about, because in this industry, there are tons of false information. There are tons of myths, tons of legends that you know and those things they make a lot of confusion even in the training with firearms part of the fault is in our side as instructors and, uh, and educators because we need to to be honest with our students because we need to be fair we need to follow an ethic in our job it's not about commercial it's not only to about to sell a course so 
let's see, let's see some paradoxes that are in this industry. Sure. Because the main point is that people, they don't know how to, how to train themselves. There is a big difference, as we said before, between a make noise in a controlled environment that is a shooting range and training the proper way. I wrote in my book, there, there, there are only two ways to train, but only one is going to be effective and can save your life. Because at the end of the game, this is. You can train all in two ways, one in the proper way or in the wrong way. So let's see how it works. First of all, in everything I do, in my training, my life, whatever, the main filter that I always apply is the logic. Because logic is aseptic. doesn't need uh, a lot of knowledge, experience, or influence. Nothing. It's aseptic. You don't need to be a nevisil to understand something. Just make sense, make sense. And related on our, on our field, every single option or every single technical point must make sense in the real context, not on the shooting range. Because if it makes sense all on the shooting range, it's not something that you can apply. It depends on who you are. So le let's, let's see some paradoxes. People, they love everybody. Special forces, law enforcement, civilians, military, everybody. It's in training with firearms, they train inside a shooting range, right? So the training environment is the shooting range. Now, the competitive shooters, for example, they train as well in the shooting range, right? Yeah. So they are going to apply what they learn in the training in an applicative environment, in the competitions, and where they are competition, in a shooting range. Mm -hmm. So the Training environment and the applicative environment are the same. Same variables, same parameters, exactly the same, right? Same environment. Perfect. That's wor this works. Now, everybody that works with a firearm or use a firearm for defense train inside a shooting range. So the shooting range is the training environment. But where we are going to apply what we learn in training in a real context. That is a kind of environment that is completely different between the shooting range. There is nothing that is exactly has between the shooting range or equal between the shooting range and the and the real context. The shooting range, most of them are flat. Urban environment urban environment you have obstacles stairs different levels buildings cars you can walk for 50 yards and you can find five six different scenarios different characteristics different environments micro environments and there are there is nothing that they have in common so the question the big question is how we can translate what we do in training in another kind of environment that is completely different how we can make this, how we can uh, use this knowledge, this expertise that we build in training in another kind of environment? The answer is only one. By the proper methodology. But if you train random 
or if you train with the wrong methodology, you never arrive to finalize your training in a real contest. You think that, but it's not. So, to come back in your question, 98% of the shooters train during the daylight. 85% of crimes happen during low light. And daylight and low light are two different planets. So if you don't have experience in low light, you are done. Or how long you carry have firearms? You carry just during the day or you carry even during the night? Even during the night because it's the most dangerous part of the day, right? But if you never had a training related with low light, you're not prepared. And how many hours do you pass in a vehicle every day? And you think that is not a dangerous condition? Yeah, because that, in that moment, you are more vulnerable. Because you have two hands on the steering wheel. You don't have any kind of space, that, that, like the bubble, right? So you can have a subject near your door uh, on the street without uh, being on alarm. Because it's normal. It's a traffic, right? Mm -hmm. And how many hours we pass every day on the vehicles. But if you carry a firearm inside a vehicle, you never had a class about a vehicle tactics with different kind of, because we have different kind of situation in a vehicle, internal to external, external to external. There are different conditions, different. One is, is defensive one, is internal to external. Natural, external to external. Uh, Offensive one is external to internal, how to stop a vehicle. This is something that normally we cover with just with law enforcement and military. But out of this, even when you are at home in a home defense, people think maybe that it's easy, but it's not. Because close space, different kind of, of uh, starting conditions, probably you are sleeping, so you are unconscious, and your opponent is on the maximum of his performance because he knows the risk. So he has, he's full of adrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol. So his, his skills are the top. Yours are in the lower level that you have in the day. And in a frame of second, you need to, be, to wake up and to, to compete for your life or for the life of someone else in your house, to him, in a closed space, maybe low light condition. This is home deep. So how I can find this in training? Because training is flat. Because if people, they think that one of the most common mistakes that they take the target as the main and the only point of reference. So mm. if I put a target at 8 meters and I engage the target ten, in draw, I, I, I'm going to do 10 draws and I, I engage the target 10 times and I hit the target 10 times on 10 and I do a good grouping in a good time, I'm a perfect shooter. No way. I close just 25%. Why? Because I just covered the mechanical part. I closed the action in this area. Just on the static mechanical side. There are tons of false information. You know, related... This morning I had a, a lecture related with a stress pathologist. And stress is probably the worst enemy that everybody has. And they don't know. Because they don't know stress. Or, you know what I learned? Because stress... Are, is something that is learned by social media. Because someone tell us that under stress, the best way to, the only way I have to escape from a critical situation is by, by my muscle memory. There is a problem. Muscles, they don't have memory. Right. So this is a myth. This is, is a legend. Only the brain has memory. 
The brain can recognize a sequence instead to recognize a single movement. It can recognize an entire sequence. And this is because you build that sequence with repetitions, tons of repetitions. But stress is another, is another chapter, you know. You need to go deep on that. You need to know what happened in your body when you are in a critical situation. Because there is one point, the starting point is, whatever you're doing in your life, doesn't matter who you are. The moment that you're going to touch your firearm in a real context, that point is the point, the day where you need to do your maximum, your best performance, because you are competing for your life. But it's going to be for sure the moment with the higher level of stress. So in the best, in the, in the point where we need to do our best performance, we're going to have the higher level of stress. And that's for sure. But there is another problem. Remember that it's one action. It's not repeat, repeatable. And you can rewind. You can try again. It's good the first. Whatever it is. At that point, it's hard, you know. And so if you don't build this before in training, one of the pillars of defense is mindset. If you don't have the proper mindset, you don't train in the proper way, you don't carry the firearm in the proper way, you don't afford your daily life in the proper way, and you w won't be able to avoid the problem. Because another myth is that the gunfight is something that you can control, or it's something that is cool. Sure. Yeah. What? Like we picked the fight or something. Yeah, just because I have maybe the last customized model, or I want to test my dogs, I say, yeah, this is an internet. The gunfight is something that you need to avoid. We don't need to generate the conditions where we can have a gunfight. The gunfight is an anomaly. So when you hire people, hey, I have a had a lot of gunfight. Maybe you are not so good in mission planning if you are in my job. It's not a big deal, right? It's, right. it's, it's not a good thing because it means that something go, go, went wrong very often. So maybe you have some lack of knowledge in mission planning, right? And remember that there, there are, we don't have a solution for everything. You could be the best shooter in the world. And that day, just for the first time, exactly in that moment where you need the best performance for mistake, you grab your shirt together with your gun or you slick. This happened, morphing. And you said, I never did this. It did now. It did. Now you did. Mm -hmm. Now you're a die. That's the point. And so the gunfight is something that we can pass. The experience is not something that an instructor can pass to the students. What we can pass to the students are the mistakes we did that they brought us to the gunfight or the mistakes we did inside the action, but not how we felt. Sure, sure. Yeah, interesting. Really good. As I think about that, I think one of the challenges that people face is that, you know, I think a lot of people, they, they know that mindset's important, that that's something they need to do, but it's harder to train. No. You don't think so? No. You know what? It's harder to 
it's hard to have in a daily life the proper mindset because it's a lifestyle. It's a discipline. The awareness, when you have a situation awareness, okay, the awareness is something that or you have or you don't have. It's not something that you can have three days for a week. Sure. It's a lifestyle. And so, to carry again is the same. When I carry it again, I don't touch alcohol. So, if I want to go out and have a couple of beers with a friend, I don't carry my gun. I don't carry my firearm. Because I want to be free. So, I don't want to... It's, it's a kind of discipline. It's a kind of... But to build in training is just the approach that you need to change. Instead to make noise and shoot tons of rounds, you can shoot 2,000 rounds and you can go back home with your luggages completely empty. Or you can shoot 150, 200 rounds and you don't have even the energy to arrive to the parking to your car. And you can come back home with your luggages full of knowledge. As I said many times to the units, in my life I had the luck to to match my knowledge and my experience I had in training all the human radics and many times with the, uh, with, the, with the units I always say to the guys we train for years just for five seconds but those five seconds they can make the difference between to remain on the field or come back home and this is you never know. <laughs> there are tons of things that people, maybe they don't realize, not yet. Otherwise, they start to change the mindset, right? Right. First, your license, when you carry the firearms, your, is a defensive license. Defensive means that someone else is going to act for first. I wrote in the book, whatever you're going to do in training, even the most advanced tactics or drill you're going to run on a shooting range, you're going to shoot for first. And a shooting range is a controlled environment. The rear contest is uncontrolled environment. In the rear contest, there are no rules. It's not a challenge. You can shoot only what you can see, but you, you, you can get a shot by 360 degrees and probably is going to arrive from a point that is in a siren you can control. Mm-hmm. If they attack you, they're going to attack you when you are in disadvantage and they are in, in advantage. They never challenge you when you are in the best condition. They always attack you when you are in the lower condition. So, and this is, a, is the same process. Defense means that we, are, we can react on the action of someone else. So this means that someone else is going to decide where, when, and how for us. We can't decide nothing. The only thing we can decide is to arrive at that point, prepare and train it as more as we can, or not. We are not sure what is going to happen. If I'm going to be inside a car, or in a car of the environment, or down the street in the night, I don't know. But when I train myself, most of the time, people, they train themselves in a stand-up position, in vertical position only. In a flat environment, with no obstacles, with a clear target, no collateral, right. and white condition. 
which is the advantage that I can have training, repeating the same drill time and time uh, uh, just to speed up. Right. There is no sense. I can repeat the drill if I want to improve. But I need to understand that if I want to train in the proper way, doesn't matter will, uh, which will be the methodology that I'm going to follow, I need to build my training. I need to have a training book. I need to write, I need to know before I arrive to the range what I want to train. I, don't, I never train myself random. I need to decide how many rounds I'm going to shoot that day. And I'm going, I must give a meaning to each, to every single round that I'm going to shoot. Otherwise, I'm going to make noise. That is not training. It's another thing. And I need to write the results drill by drill. Because in this way, three months from now, I can match and I can see if I had improvement or not. And this month by month, year by year. Right. So I can see where I can, I need to be focused more. Where, which are my uh, weaker point on training, where I need to increase. And again, uh, you know, it's uh, what I mm, use the technology to support your job. We have phones, uh, GoPro, whatever, film yourself. So you can see frame by frame later the mistakes. Don't use the technology to compensate the lack of training or the lack of knowledge. Because this is another of the common mistakes that happen now. I, I have a quick question um, yeah. for you and, and your opinion on this. You mentioned a couple of times about uh, training on a flat range and, and controlled environment. You mentioned technology improving. If we look at the training doctrine of 25 years ago compared to now, we've come leaps and bounds as far as getting out of that mindset of a stagnant shooter. We, 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 in a lot of the, the way we look at defensive handguns, um, do you think that at a certain point the technology will help us to be able to even take it further where we are really utilizing uh, the, the range more appropriately, more applicable to real life? Or do you think that there's always going to be that barrier that just cannot be overcome? So the point is, uh, is this. Uh, one, uh, one journalist, they ask me, for example, many times, we, which is my opinion related with technology and our job and related with our firearms and training. I want to tell you this. How many years ago, martial arts, they were created? Thousands. Thousands. And from that moment, doesn't matter. Even if we improve it a lot in all the field, in technology, on the medicine, or everything, we, the knowledge now between 2,000 years ago, it's huger. But we still apply what they did 2,000 years ago. Why? Why we didn't create nothing from that period from now? Because we stopped to research. You said 25 years ago we applied. The problem is that we still apply the same stuff sure. many times. So for some points are good because, for example, the foundations of shooting, that is a part that people try to avoid every time. They don't understand that is, is the key. 
they have rushed to arrive to advance because they love the term advance and they don't want to talk about basic but the base is the most important part of shooting I always train I defend myself with foundations of shooting with the fundamentals of shooting I always train that before everything because there is no sense to have a, if you don't have a solid base whatever you are going to build up is going to be unstable so when you need it it's going to collapse so here to come back on the point of 25 years what has changed a lot is the society is this are the social dynamics mm, sure. are our cities the people how we live is completely different between 30 years ago or 40 years ago we have the same principle but different conditions and we lost the volunteer to research. We have fear. It's really easier. People do things because other people, they do things. The best instructor in the world is YouTube. That's it. Because people, they don't want to open a book and read. It's easier to see a video. But you can't learn from a video. You need to study. And when we talk about firearms, we don't talk only about shooting range. We talk about many different fields, like medicine, like uh, physics, like uh, ballistics, like mechanics. <laughs> you need to have knowledge all, also in other fields. I always work shoulder to shoulders with some medics. When we talk about stress pathologies, it's because we work with medics. When we talk, now we are working on the eye, and because we are building training for isometry of the eye. I think that details, they can make difference in our job. So, to, to arrive to the end of, of the game, yes, the technology. The technology is so important, but remember, we have only one weapon. And when I ask to people, where's your weapon? They always show me the fire. But the weapon is in the middle of the years. And we, that weapon is the only weapon that we can improve day by day for the entire life. So use the technology to support that weapon, not to avoid that weapon. Use your brain. You can. You could be the faster finger on the world, but if you have a slow brain, on the real contest, your reaction is going to depend on the capability of your brain to analyze, rationalize, it to produce the best action. So if you have a slow brain, you you remain slow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. This has been this has been huge. I'm getting a lot out of this. Learning so much about mindset, about the keys, about the differences between uh, training in that environment where a lot of us find ourselves versus the real contest. You know, and the context where we're going to find ourselves when we, when we have to apply those skills. Uh, Instructor Zero, give us an idea for those who are watching. Where can they find you? Uh, your, your channel, your website. Yes. So you can go on uh, Facebook, Instructor Zero, or uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Instructor Zero. We have uh, uh, www.instructorzero.com is the website where you can see the bio, you can see pictures from different experiences around the world. And uh, we are here whenever you need. Uh, what is important is to share information and to educate people on using the firearm because remember uh, the worst enemy uh, for people that want to carry a firearm and want to have the right to carry a firearm 
is a legal owner of a firearm that uses a firearm in the wrong way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's so the greatest danger. That's the most dangerous. Because from people that they don't use firearm, you can expect from that that are not agree on this kind of right. But for people that they use, we must be educated. We, w we must work together like a fist to educate people on use and carry the firearms in the proper way. Thank you for this opportunity, guys. Well, thank yeah, you for being here. You. Guys, instructorzero.com. From there, find the Twitter, find the Instagram, find the Facebook. Uh, I can tell you that the videos are going to be eye-opening. There's going to be some of these videos that you're going to see from Instructor Zero on his Facebook page and stuff that you're going to say, I never thought of it that way. Right. Uh, that, that's an entirely different perspective, and that's what you get when you have someone with this kind of background, this kind of diversity. Really appreciate you being here, sir. Thank you. Enjoy Thank the you rest guys. of your weekend. For me, Thank it was you. a great pleasure. Thank you, everybody here, and I send you a big hug. A big <laughs> hug from all of us. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back this weekend with more interviews here from the Conciliatory Expo in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right, there you go. I apologize about any audio quality concerns. Obviously, you know I'm not with my normal recording setup today, so I know that this doesn't sound great, and the interview itself, uh, you had to deal with all the background noise from the show floor. But hopefully you got a lot out of that. I think that Instructor Zero has a lot to offer. You heard him talk about his website, his Facebook page. I encourage you to go out there, follow him, and gain some more insights. And I also would encourage you, if you haven't already, to go and watch all the other video interviews we did at the USCCA Expo. I think there's over 30 interviews total that we did. And those are all on the in the video archive on concealedcare.com. Just go to concealedcare.com and up there in the menu, you'll see a link that says video. And when you hover over that, you can select all videos or you can just look at podcast videos or just uh, inter interviews from the USCCA live broadcast booth. So I'd encourage you to make sure you saw all those videos and you go back and watch. There's great value there, free content. And just generally, we want to make sure people are aware of the video section of our website. It's relatively new. That's a great way to catch a lot of amazing content. We pull there in all the content from our YouTube channel, Facebook page, certainly, but also other videos that are not elsewhere publicly available. So make sure you keep tabs on all our videos at concealedcare.com forward slash video. All right. I think that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Remember to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.